Hi Church, so good to be back with you all again on this session of Chew on the Word. You know, I, I love these sessions because um, at these sessions, I can share with you portions of scripture or verses that I cannot share from the pulpit, uh, but verses which I have personally reflected on, and I'm so eager to share it with you. And, and tonight, this is one of the verses taken from Matthew chapter 16, verses 24 to 27. And I've entitled my sharing tonight, Eternal Loss versus Eternal Gain. So let me read to you, first of all, the passage which I'm going to share with you, particularly one verse, which is in the form of a question by Jesus. And again, if you grasp this in all its totality, it will change the way you and I live our Christian life. So let me read the verses first. So Matthew 16, verses 24 to 27. Then Jesus said to his disciples, If anyone would come after me, he must deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. And whoever wants to save his life will lose it. Whoever loses his life for me will find it. What a paradox. And this is the verse. What good will it be for a man if he gains the whole world and yet loses his own soul? The KGV says this, what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world but loses his own soul? Or what can a man give in exchange for his soul Verse 27, For the Son of Man is going to come in His Father's glory with His angels, and then He will reward each person according to what He has done. Before I share on verse 26 in particular, which is a question, let me first of all give you the context, and it's very important. The context your understanding this question is very important. So what is the context? The context is in verse 21. From that time on, Jesus began to explain to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem, suffer many things, and be killed, and on the third day be raised to life. So for the first time, Jesus now begins to share the whole mission of why he came to the earth, to die on the cross, and the third day be raised again. And then suddenly, from verse 22 to 23, he had an unexpected interruption from Peter, who said, no, Lord, you cannot go. And then Jesus disposed of the satanic interruption. He says, get away from me, Satan. After that unexpected satanic interruption, wow, something must be very important, right? For Satan to be there, personally, you know. And I tell you why it's so important. Verse 27 to verse, verse 24, 27. Jesus then shares on the cost of discipleship which we have just read. And then he asked this question. What does it profit a man in the context of going to the cross, in the context of the resurrection, in the context of the cost of following him? What does it profit a man if he gains the whole world but lose his own soul. Let me first of all focus 
on two broad headings. Firstly, if we don't answer right, what do we lose? And secondly, if we get the answer right, what do we gain? So first of all, huh, what do we lose? What does it profit a man if he gains the whole world, Jesus said, but lose his own soul? What do you lose? Your soul. Your soul. So our soul is actually our mind, our emotions, and our will. So what's so great about a soul? But to Jesus, it's very, very important. In Jesus' perspective, when you and I lose our soul, we lose everything. In spite of the fact that we gain the world. Can you imagine that? So what is the world? The world is the fame, fortune, females, gold, girls, glory, the world, wealth, wonder, women. Now, even if we gain all of this, nothing if you lose your soul. If you lose your soul in the pursuit of all these things, Jesus says, you gain nothing. You lose everything. A Christian philosopher, we'll name him, said that there are five losses. First of all, this is philosophical language. Huh? There is a sociological loss in relationships. There is also a philosophical loss of purpose. There is an existential loss of meaning. There is an ethical loss of values and a spiritual loss of eternal life with God. Whoa! Is it worth it? Jesus asked you today, even if you gain the entire world, is it worth it to lose your soul pursuing after things that ultimately do not matter? You lose your identity, you lose your purpose, you lose your meaning, you lose your worth or value, and you are at risk of losing eternity with God. Story is told of a rich young upstart who bought a bright, brand new Lamborghini worth US 800K. So he was so happy with his car that he drove it down the streets of New York. A bus hit him. And the car was a total wreck. He came out of the bus, shaking his right hand to the bus driver. Look at you, my Lamborghini, my 800,000 Lamborghini is totally destroyed. And the bus driver just pointed to him. Sir, your left hand is missing. And this young upstart looked at his left hand, shouted at the bus driver, now I've lost my Rolex watch. <laughs> totally missed it. Totally missed it. Because all of these things, if we are not careful, blunts our discernment and our values. 
Just like Jesus says, what does it, what does it matter if you gain the whole world, wow, and lose your own soul? But the ultimate loss of your soul is for eternity. Where, Pastor? Where, where, where? Where is it written? Pastor, this is for pre-believers. No. Who was Jesus talking to now? Disciples. What was Jesus' subject matter? Discipleship. No, friend. It is not to pre-believers. It is to disciples. But where, Pastor? If you are a student of God's Word, where is it written that we are at risk of losing it all permanently? I'm glad you asked. You look at the Luke's account of this, and we come back to Matthew's account in a short while. From Luke chapter 14, verses 34 to 35. After saying all this, Jesus then adds this extra. He says this. Salt is good. Verse 34 of Luke 14. But if it loses its saltiness, how can the salt be made salty again? It is fit neither for the soil nor for the manure pile. Salt. Distinctiveness is saltiness. If saltiness is gone, the distinctiveness, that identity is lost and is good for nothing. It is thrown out. To me, I look at it and I sense the seriousness of what Jesus says. Be careful. You are at risk of losing your soul. There is a permanence to the loss because you have lost your intrinsic worth and value in Christ. And believe me, you don't want that. You don't want that because the loss can be very great and you don't even know it because you're so busy pursuing all these things. What do we gain? If we answer this question, what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? If we answer it rightly from Jesus' perspective, what do we gain? Two things. Number one, and this is the key revelation for tonight. You gain Christ Himself. This is where the context is so important as we go back again to the Matthew account, the context of it, amazingly, is asked in the context of Jesus going to the cross. Remember, for the first time, Jesus shared with the disciples going to the cross and His resurrection in the context of that finished work of Jesus Christ and His resurrection. Jesus then said, Verse 24 to 25. Anyone would come after me. Anyone would follow me. If you give your life for me. 
you have Jesus himself. So when we give up everything for Jesus, we have Jesus himself. But Pastor, what does it mean? What does it mean to have Jesus himself? It's so intangible, right? So abstract. Let me say this to you. When you have Jesus and Jesus alone with you, the entire life ahead of you, Jesus will supply all your needs. He will be your all in all in times of tribulation, in times of comfort. You don't have to turn only to Him as and when, but He will always be there. He Himself will come to you and provide for you, heal you, comfort you, strengthen you. He will be your joy, your hope, your glory. And believe me, friend, you lack nothing. Whoa, there's a paradox of the whole question, you see. And I share it with you when I take you one step further. That's why David could say in Psalm 23, The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. What does he mean? I lack nothing. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the path of righteousness for His name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? Because you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. God, you prepare a table before me. In the presence of my enemies, you anoint my head with oil. And this is very important. Surely, surely, goodness and love Mercy, Hesed, same word, shall follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Listen to me, my friend. When you have Jesus, you will have everything. Not only will Jesus live inside you, He abides with you. And there's a whole difference between blessing and blessedness. You see, as we come now to the final week of our 40 days of fast and pray, the theme for, for us in SIBKL is unleashing blessedness, not unleashing blessing. Why? Because blessing comes and goes. Blessedness is the favour of God. Blessedness is the, is the resident presence of God. And, and, and let me remind you the difference which I shared to you before in one of my previous sessions of Chew on the Word. Blessings come and go. Blessedness stays, lingers. Blessedness is a one-off event. Blessedness is a state, a condition. Blessings is a visitation from God. One blessing after another blessing. Blessedness is a habitation of God. Which do you want? Blessings or blessedness? You see, when you and I have Jesus with us, Jesus lingers with us. He abides with us. Let me now theologically, linguistically, philosophically take you one step further. You see, there are five types of questions philosophically, linguistically. First, first type is yes and no type. Uh, have you eaten your dinner? Yes. Have you, have you done this? Yes. No. That type. Second type of question is the WH type of questions where, who, what, when, that kind of thing, why. The third type of questions is the choice type of questions. Do you like uh, bread or cakes? 
you know, that kind of thing. Do you like the choice? The fourth type of question is called what they call a disjunctive question. A positive statement is followed by a negative question. It's framed this way. For example, you are married, positive, aren't you? You don't like rice, a statement, do you? But the fifth type of question is level five question. It's the highest form of question where the answer to the question lies in the question itself. The answer to the question lies in the questioner himself. And this is level five, one of them. Why? Because the answer to this question, what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world but loses his own soul? What does it profit? Lies in the questioner himself. That's the answer. The answer is right in front of you. Jesus. You lose everything to gain Him. You give up everything to gain Him. You sacrifice everything, the cost of discipleship, to gain Jesus. Wow. Can I encourage you and challenge you, my friend? Do that for the rest of your life. There is nothing in life worth more than regaining Jesus Himself. Believe me, nothing. There's a song, you know, which we're going to worship the Lord in a short while as I close in a, in a few couple of minutes' time. In Christ alone. In Christ alone, I place my trust and find my glory in the power of the cross. In every victory, let it be said of me, my source of strength, my source of hope, is Christ alone. Can you say that, my friend? In Christ alone will I glory, though I could pride myself in battles won. For I've been blessed beyond measure, and by His strength alone I'll overcome. Oh, I could stop and count successes like diamonds in my hands. But those trophies could not equal to the grace by which I stand. And now I seek no greater honour in just to know Him more and count my gains but losses to the glory of my God. Can you say that, my friend? Jesus offers himself as the ultimate answer to the human quest for sociological relationships, philosophical purpose, existential meaning, ethical value, eternity with God. You know, the context is Jesus going to the cross at his resurrection. All other religions lead us to death. Only Christianity leads us through death. 
because Jesus Christ has conquered man's final enemy, death. O death, where is your sting? O grave, where is your victory? Thanks be to God who gives us the victory in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah, my friends. It's a good time to shout hallelujah. It's a good time to shout hallelujah. Amen. Besides Jesus, nothing will ever satisfy, my friend. Nothing will ever, ever satisfy. Let me give you a final story before I close. John Rockefeller was one of the wealthiest men in the U.S. history. Oil, real estate, etc. And people asked him one time, John, how much is enough? He says, not enough. One more dollar. One more dollar. That's enough. So rich. And at his death, he got several sons. One of his sons asked the accountant because of inheritance, ma, Sir, how much did my father leave behind? How much did my father leave behind? And the accountant turned to the coffin that has just been taken down the grave. Everything. You want to know how much he left behind? How much do we leave behind, my friend? Everything. So what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world but lose his own soul? He loses so much. But what does a man gain when he gives up everything for Christ? Everything. Let me close with quoting to you Paul before we worship the Lord with this song. Paul got it right, you know. Philippians chapter 3, verse 7 to 9, I just read to you. Paul says, again, this profit and loss, profit and loss. For whatever was to my profit, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. And Paul lost a lot. Paul had so much going for him in the preceding verses, so much going for him. But he says, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. Profit, loss, profit, loss. What have you profit? What have you lost? You lose everything to gain Christ. I consider them rubbish that I may gain Christ and be found in Him. I told you, you gain two things. And this is the second thing as I close. Matthew chapter 16, verse 26 to 27. Just in case you say, Pastor, what do I gain? Verse 27, Jesus says, For the Son of Man is going to come in His Father's glory with His angels, and then He will reward each person according to what He has done. God will repay, my friend. When He returns, Jesus will reward. Jesus will recompense. You will not suffer loss. So can I close? Let's all hunger and thirst for more of Jesus. Resolve to live for His glory. It is enough to have Jesus and everything else is superfluous. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Let me close in prayer. 
Father God, thank you for your word today. Lord, help us, Lord, to understand it in all its totality. That at the end of the day, even if we gain the entire world, but lose our soul in the pursuit of it all, we gain nothing. We lost everything. But when we gain you, we gain everything. So, Father, in Jesus' name, help us, Lord, to see the true value of life, the true perspective of life, and turn to you and say, Lord, you are worth it. You are worth it. We will give up everything to gain you, and there's no greater reward than you alone. Even as Paul said, I am crucified with Christ, yet I live. And the life that I now live, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Hallelujah, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. May we decide today to live for you and only for you for the rest of our days. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Can I encourage you to turn this tonight's reflection into a decision? Turn tonight's reflection into a decision as we worship the Lord together in Christ alone, together with SIBKL's Life Gen worship team. Let's worship Him. God bless you all. Trophies could not equal to the great.